Muscle Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Welcome to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars. Call it episode number three for the world of YouTube. Yes, that's right. We are on YouTube with Racers and Rental Cars. This week, we've got a big guest for you. Going to give a lot of insight, has a lot of impact, that works for a, with a lot of different companies underneath an umbrella. I think you're going to be very interested, regardless of whether you turn left, go straight, you like water, or, uh, you know, maybe you like rocks or mud or... Mm, man, sand, that might be a new one for you, or maybe even monster trucks. But nonetheless, we're going to get to them quickly here in one moment. But this week, coming off of NASCAR week, headed into four wides. Yes, that's fine. You're going to hear me talk about it later on in the show. Z-Max NHRA four wides. It's back. It's the second one for the year. No more novelty out of this. I thought it was kind of funny. Some pro drivers posted on some social media that they did not like the four wide. They wanted two wide racing only. I thought that was very humorous to me because guess what? I think even as a fan, it's a novelty. It finds its spot and that's what it does. Sorry, Marcus Smith. I know. I know. All right, folks. Talladega, man. All you had to do was tune in for the last 20 laps, and that was it, right? It was a great show. Very, very fortunate to watch Kyle Larson walk away. If you haven't seen the in-car camera of Ryan Priest with the impact, I really stress to you to take some time, however it may be that you find it, uh, in your private place. Uh, during your lunch break, whatever the case it may be, but find some time to watch the in-car so that you can truly have an understanding of an impact and what your body goes through during that impact. It was very oh, horrific and very fortunate for both of them to walk away. But that being said, Kyle Busch, hey, JGR, he's won twice now. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, congratulations to Kyle RCR. Man, I guess he just got lucky, as he said. But this week, again, going into four wides, NASCAR to Dover. We got the flings going on. There's a lot of racing going on. It's the end of April. I am glad that everybody else seems to have weather to race in. We're supposed to kick off Division Three this weekend here in the Midwest. But that four-letter word, and no, it's not snow. Even though we've had snow at the end of April, no lie, watched it fall. That four-letter word is kind of being thrown around a lot. So more than likely, who knows what's going to happen with that. But you know what they say, April showers bring May flowers. Well, guess what? Now i got no flowers in my front yard because Mother Nature is off her freaking rocker. It's 31 degrees here one morning this week. What the hell is wrong with you, woman? We need to get you some medication. Nonetheless, we're going to get straight into our guests. Stick around later on in the show. We're going to talk about last week's guest, Kelly Crandall. She was awesome. Appreciated all your guys' comments, text messages. Don't ever hesitate. 
please drop a line, Don at streetwaymedia.com, or please rate, review, subscribe. All of that stuff matters, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, and right here in YouTube land as we start to grow this. I know it's week number three, and the color on the wall hasn't changed yet. Hang in there with me, okay? I can only do so much. I can only do so much. But maybe it's growing on you. Maybe you like that color. It's kind of a Mopar orange, and I'm not really a Mopar guy. But let's get right to it. I have got this week Kevin Bailey, power sports manager from Race Winning Brands. And I am not even going to try to list all of the companies that fall underneath this umbrella, but we're going to get Kevin in right now. Kevin, welcome to Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Uh-oh, here comes Kevin. You got to love technology. Maybe Race Winning Brands forgot to, did you guys forget to pay your electricity bill up there, the internet? What's going on? Man, once it connects, it you know turns your mic and your uh, and your video off. You got to get in there and do it all yourself now. <laughs> but I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, absolutely, Kevin. Thank you very much for being on the show. As everybody can see, I'm wearing like one of the biggest companies that I love. That's underneath the race winning brands umbrella right now, and that's Diamond Pistons. As I'm wearing my T-shirt, but for all of those listeners that are out there. Almost everybody, if they're involved with motorsports or power sports, they know certain companies that have been acquired in the last really five to seven years uh, by race winning brands. But let's before we go into all that, let's make sure that everybody out there knows how Kevin Bailey came to be involved in power sports and motorsports. Yeah, so I have uh, I've been here with Race Winning Brands. I'm the marketing manager here, um, uh, one of uh, many of our group in the marketing team, and um, I've been here about six years now. I started out on the actually on the power sports side of the business. Um, I've always been on the marketing side, but started out in power sports. That is actually kind of my uh, core background: uh, power sports side, off road, motorcycle uh, type situation. But um, I've always been around automotive industry as well, so. Um, when I, yeah, when I first started out here, uh, my journey was pretty power sports focused, but, um, you know, only two, three years in, I would say started, um, taking on more and more on the automotive side too. And, uh, that's led to, led to now to where, uh, it's kind of overarching through, uh, through both, uh, both sides of our business. So. Okay. So now most, most of the headquarters for race winning brands is based in Ohio, correct? Yeah, so Race Winning Brands headquarters itself is yeah, based in Menor, Ohio, um, and that is where uh, a big chunk of our piston manufacturing is done, um, specifically Wiseco Piston and JE Piston Manufacturing is done in Ohio, um, and then we have our core our core group of uh, Michigan brands as well, like you mentioned, Diamond. Um, Diamond is out in Michigan, Trend Performance, and um, Dart is well out there, uh, and Pat, as you print. Right. Well, I cannot, I can't leave the train guys out and I definitely can't leave Chris Osborne and his team over at pack out. Cause Hey, we use them too. Sorry guys. I can only wear one t-shirt. Okay. Just one. All right. So tell us about what the growth is. I like the strategy that's going on over at race winning brands. You, you obviously have been there. Uh, I think it's probably, I think we're going on five, six years, maybe the first time I met you at PRI, 
you were kind of new, if you will, uh, in that realm. And now here it is, fast forward. What's been like the eye-opening experience for you as race-winning brands continues to grow and acquire companies? Yeah, so really race-winning brands, the the strategy, if, if what we would call our, our legacy brands, um, kind of how our group started out was with your wife, Weisco Piston, JE Piston, and um, just a couple other core brands like that. So the expansion and, uh, and growth of our group has been focused on everything in that same um, engine and performance sector. Um, so if you look at, you know, we have pistons and uh, connecting rod brands and crankshaft brands, um, and then you add in darts. So now we have blocks and heads um, and intakes. And as we've continued to grow, we've, we've tried to continue uh, servicing and making, uh, creating a, a whole solution, essentially uh, performance solution of these different complementary brands um, to be able to, to you know, really power that field and you know have someone essentially for the most part you know minus a couple small things here and there be able to have an RWB uh, powered engine. Um, and now we, we've recently one of our more recent was some transmission um, uh, got in the transmission sector, which was kind of a natural natural growth point too um but you know definitely haven't wanted to to stray away too far from that from that core engine and performance sector well you're absolutely right about that i mean when you start thinking about the fact that you can piece together a, a dart block a dart crank uh you can go over here you can get diamond pistons you can get a trend uh, wrist pin, you can get uh, a, a connecting rod, you know, you've got intakes and so forth. So, I mean, you're, you're basically putting together the, a situation where RWB can be like some of the other performance warehouses that are out there in distribution and literally put a complete engine package together and, and sell it to the DIY guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's important to note that that we're not doing this and our intention is not to have, um, you know, the same product across the board and have RWB branding on everything. The intention is that we just are a group of these, you know, legacy. Many of our brands have, um, you know, a strong, a strong history and a strong legacy in the industry. And that's not anything um, that we want to change. That's what we embrace, uh, you know, dark, Dart operates on what Dart was built on, and JD Pistons operates on what JD Pistons was built on, and they're they're such natural and high, highly powerful complements to each other um, that it's just bringing that all together and making it, you know, a little bit of an easier solution for the customer to put together at whatever level that customer is. Um, not necessarily changing changing routes, definitely definitely not that. Different. Well, and that's understandable because, like everybody understands that in motorsports like you know what is it? it's like 86 percent is loyalty base customers mm -hmm. buy products or and support brands that they're loyal to but are also brands and products that are loyal to their particular form of motorsports or power sports as far as their passion goes from an enthusiast standpoint whether it's an actual competitor or a family member like everybody knows that that motorsports like they're like horseback riders, right? And the horse horse communities, like the loyalty factor that goes along with that it is just through the roof. So it makes sense for RWB just to be in a situation to support 
those brands and have them under their umbrella so that they can continue to grow and service the field. Now, I want to jump right in with that. Everybody knows, right? Like I'm sitting here right now knowing the fact that I have also, our, our race team organization, we've been impacted by the, it's on order, but it's 16 weeks out you know, and you've had stuff on order for eight months and, and so forth. So let's talk about like, how difficult has that been internally for RWB across the board? I'm sure those are not just generalization conversations that go on in the boardroom, right? Like X company has Y issue and Z company has a issue. Like, I mean, they all got to have the same issues, right? Because we're making pistons, we're making wrist pins, we're making rods. We're, ma I mean, we're using like material, right? Like not one company's using a lower grade than another company. Like how has that been for the last, I mean, good Lord, we got to be getting ready to, to crest the four-year mark. Yeah, it's it's definitely been, um, it has been a roller coaster type situation uh, because, you know, in, in the beginning um, when, we were first starting to come out of, of things being really shut down and people were able to start racing again after the short period, you know, that led us in automotive and power sports, as most people probably know, that led us into a pretty big boom. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of engagement, um, creating some new customers, some new people interested in getting into it re-engaging some old people that wanted to get out there and, you know, fire up that old project or whatever they had. So, um, there was definitely a big increase in demand that came from that, you know, maybe one good thing that we can say that came from that and um, that extra demand, uh, you know, on top of on top of the strains that were were put on supply chains, like you mentioned, because of all the uh, extra factors that were happening, you know, um, you know, people, people and organizations and and uh, workers not being able to work and um different uh, organizations in different areas having to be shut down for longer than others that created, like you said, creates all this different backlog with so many moving parts um, that come in, you know, for as a North American manufacturer to create a product. So in the beginning, that increased demand on top of the strain did create quite a, quite a significant black backlog, you know, kind of across the board. Um, since then, it has, it has improved quite a bit. Uh, compared to you know, compared to like 2021, when you're coming into early 2021, you look at the backlog; it was it was uh, uh, substantial for many people, I'm sure. Um, and you know, as as we rounded out 22, and you know, came into this year, that has that has gotten the situation has improved a lot, um, but it is it is a little bit still definitely a level of unpredictability there because there there's you know, like say raw materials in one area, everything's kind of, you know, back to a normal situation where you can rely on material coming in, but then there may be one component um, that you rely on that is still experiencing a, a, a big issue and, and you can't sell the finished, this finished product, you can't finish making this because you're waiting on this one thing. Um, so that is, that is still posing challenges in certain situations like that. Um, it's not as challenging as it was, um, but the almost inverse relationship between availability and demand, um, you know, big swing and then it's transitioned to going the opposite direction now. Um, yeah, it, it definitely has created some unpredictability for sure, but um, availability has improved, but, you know, it's not like 
um, business as usual, like, you know, in 2019 or 2018. So. So that being said, like what, what's the normal, you know, lead time that gets thrown around inside RWB across the board. If you guys had to have, you know, a Delta line, if you will, across the brands, is it, is it four weeks? Is it two weeks? Is it six weeks or heck is it still 12 weeks? I mean, what's kind of the typical, you know, average that RWB seems to be functioning with right now? Yeah, you know, it, it does vary, but, um, you know, if you, if you looked at custom pistons, the custom piston side as, as a basis, um, it has gotten to a little bit more of a, you know, if you're talking about like a made to order or, or, uh, remaking the shelf part, you know, the four to six week range, um, you know, more of a fully custom part, eight to 10 week range to where, you know, there was a point where we were, you know, pushing 12 weeks, 14 weeks and, and, and beyond when it was like, Hey, we're, you know, we're waiting on this material and we really don't know when it might come. So, um, that that um assurance has improved a lot and and we can accurately you know accurately forecast how long it's going to take and and it's, it's it's definitely gotten back to a more a more manageable amount um but you know that's that's not consistent uh that the piston lead time isn't as consistent to where you know there's still um still some lead times uh some longer lead times with some dart products um but then there's other dart products that um that have um uh, started playing catch up and, and, and are going in the right direction. So, um, yeah, it's, it just, it kind of depends on the uh, product line a little bit, but, uh, things have, things have moved in the right direction for sure. Well, just, I mean, just to give you an example, I remember with the nitrous car, like hurting, hurting a couple of pistons on a Sunday and ordering pistons on Monday and still being able to get them by Thursday. You know, and that was, you know, and now, now it's to the point where it's like, I've hurt pistons with, with the blower engine and it's been like, okay, you might get pistons in three weeks and you're going, what? Three weeks. Cause yeah, it, would you're, be, you're, it would be great to get back. There was a point, you know, where there was a point where we could confidently offer a three day expedite, five day expedite, seven day expedite. Um, but, you know, we're not going to offer that if, if we're not confident, we, you know, this current situation can't meet it. Um, and, you know, with, with a backlog between, um, between customs, you know, refilling shelf parts made to order parts, it is still, you know, it's, it's still tougher than it used to be. That's for sure. You know, not to mention, um, you know, the availability of, of, uh, people as well. Well, and that's okay. So let's go in that direction. Cause that was definitely on my list. Like how hard has it been? Like we we're sitting here and, and obviously everybody out there that's listening that's involved in power sports and motorsports talks about availability of products, right? Or get what they, it is that they need. But the material is just one small piece of that backlog. Like, I mean, how far behind are you guys on actual workforce from where you were prior to pre-COVID? Yeah, so we're we're definitely lucky. Uh, we're we're still lucky to have uh, a lot of a lot of great people at all of our different brands uh, because there's so many people that are um, that are core, and uh, all of our people are obviously essential um, to what we do. And so many of them are are racers, enthusiasts themselves, from you know, 
I'm sitting here in the in the JE office right now, um, and I could walk you out to uh, one of our guys that's been our team for a long time that um, has raced top alcohol dragsters for the majority of his life and still builds those engines. And then, you know, one row over from him um, is a guy that does uh, dirt late model stuff. So it's, um, we're lucky to have uh, uh, some poor people like that, but um, it has the, the, Overall, the overall workforce, um, you know, especially when you look at the manufacturing sector, took uh, there was definitely a big shift and a big wave um, after after what happened, and you know, places happened to be shut down for a little while under um, under certain regulations. Luckily, luckily, um, you know, they were def- definitely affected, but um, as as part of you know being involved in. Uh, Parts for automotive and and uh, considering transportation, we were able to, um, you know, as safely as, uh, as safety would allow it anyway, you know, continue to, to keep doing some of that. But it definitely created a a, a shift and uh, and availability. Um, um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of people that moved around in in manufacturing, so um, it's it's been more of a challenge than it used to be uh, for sure. Uh, it's because we have so much, you know, there is a focus. Uh, we have such a heavy focus on on North American manufacturing. You know, we manufacture all of our product here, whatever whatever brand you want to look at. Um, you know, we're manufacturing pistons um, in Ohio for JE and Wiseco, and diamond pistons are in Michigan, and start blocks and heads are in Michigan. And you got Manly and and uh, their pistons and other components and valves and things like that in New Jersey. And so. Um, that that we we definitely still feel the effects of of that that shift of uh of, of workforce you know post pandemic um carrying over in today you know because the, the economic climate today is not you know definitely not back to a to a normal state so it's still posing its challenges to be able to you know meet up with meet up with the demand that we were just talking about um we are um we have been you know adjusting and making shifts um which is, uh, you know, been helping uh, analyzing analyzing things that could be improved. Um, a lot of our uh, factories, I should say, manufacturing plants, um, kind of adjusted shifts. So we maybe have, you know, some people coming in uh, four days, and then the other three days there's another group of people coming in. So we do have we do have plants that are operating seven days a week, um, and not machines never shutting off. You know, so. Um, but keeping, you got to be able to have, uh, you know, enough people to keep in front of the machines. And that's, that's the challenge. Well, it sounds like if anybody out there needs a job and they're in Ohio or Michigan to, to go on the race winning brands website and look at job opportunities. We have all pitch. That's <laughs> it. That, that is it. Get in where you fit in. I mean, I, I, I thought I heard like, I mean, uh, maybe Vic is the one that told me or, or Steve or Randy or somebody like, if you work, work for race winning brands, you get like a 50% discount on freaking parts or something like that while you work there. I mean, heck you might be able to, to, uh, offset funding your race program. Yeah, no, we, we, we definitely take care of our people because like I said, we know that a lot of the people that, that are with us, um, are enthusiasts and, and have probably used their all, some or all of our parts before. So. I mean, hey, look at look at the access to all the brands. Like we just said, you could probably uh, order enough stuff to build a whole engine and and the electronics to control it now. So, all right, I'll put my application in. I just need two weeks work, get all my stuff on order, and I'll give you my two weeks notice. We'll call it, we'll call it square. Yeah. 
I'll send a recommendation up to HR for you. <laughs> Perfect. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, we've talked about all of the the high end, the business side of that, right? The, the production, the manufacturing, what's going on, lead times. Now let's dive off into the marketing piece and social media and digital aspect of it. So let, let's just talk about the fact that the last five years have been what they are, right? Like we've, we saw the landscape change and that was completely impacted because of COVID. We, everything became digital. Everything became social media. It, everybody's locked up. The only way to interact is through electronics. So we, we shoved the regular other uh, medians and platforms, if you will, or normal other traditional advertising and marketing segments. We, we just kind of went, gave them the Heisman Trophy stiff arm, right? And everything went digital. Now we fast forward to now. We're having changes in the landscape with Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and their issues and Twitter. Uh, so what is it that now going in, you know, we're, we're in second quarter of 2023, right? So we're looking here now, as you came into 2023 with you and your team and the, and the other individuals across your brands, where did your guys' focus of strategy to, to have the best impact of what you were focused on? for the digital marketing piece of it, where did it end up? Where did it land at on your table for your, for your level of impact and exposure, Kevin? So, uh, yeah, coming into this year and throughout this whole year, a huge focus of ours um, is, is, is our websites and more specifically, you know, op optimizing the place for our people to land, be able to reference what they need, find what they need, um, look at what's available um, for what they're building, whether it's this is across automotive and power sports um, and and go down the road with our brand because like you said there are things there are things on the digital sector um, that you just can't ignore and you have to have a good place for for people to come you know reference your product, learn about your product. it's an educational piece as well. so whether that's information, uh, technical information about the product itself, technical information just um, you know across different engine building practices, performance know-how, things like that. Um, you know, be be a trusted reference point for the customers that you are serving. Um, you know, you're not just trying to you're not just trying to sell them product. You're trying to support what they want to do, what their goals are, and what they love to do. So. There are a lot of different aspects of that, and that's you know all housed in a good website to start with, of course. So um, we're going through, we're freshening up quite a few of our websites this uh, um, this year um, with all kinds of functionality. There will be you know for the end user e-commerce, full e-commerce functionality, um, and you know for the B two B sides and B two B portals and things like that, because obviously those that is a um, our distrib distribution throughout our industry, and those big partners are massive, massive part of our industry. So. Um, that is, you know, that, that is, that is a base that you have to have because that is where you are ultimately sending people no matter what you're doing. So when you get to the social media side, um, through meta, whether you're on Facebook, um, you know, sharing content through Facebook, sharing content through Instagram, ultimately you're, you're sending people to your brand, you're getting your brand in front of people, your product in front of people. And if they want to know more about it or they're interested in it or um, they just want to be in action or something like that, ultimately, that's where you're going to be sending them. So um, making sure that, that we have thorough and built out 
places, um, you know, for all of our fellow racers and customers and everything um, to go regarding our product and to help our sales team, you know, um, maybe field some of the questions that could normally be an email or a phone call that somebody might be able to just get access to directly. So that's been a huge focus. Um, I think as far as, like you said, with, with Meta, Facebook and Instagram, it is such a um, ever changing and ever evolving machine. Um, the way, the way that things are delivered, posts are being delivered. Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's any secret to anybody that things are shifting, especially on the Instagram platform and with Instagram trying to keep up and respond to TikTok, that movement, um, there is a heavy focus on video and shifting to video, of course. Um, you know, the real section is huge and probably where most of the engagement and views go, um, you know, for people on Instagram now. So, uh, you definitely can't ignore can't ignore the the shift to uh, try to keep uh, engagement with video and it's but it's it's all different types you know I've seen earlier on and you know maybe 2018 obviously there was still a video aspect but it seems like there was a a bigger focus around that time you know four or five years ago on really nice uh, you know high end production value. No matter what you were doing, everything that you posted was, you know, very, you know, impressive. Everything, all the shots were pretty. Everything was really nicely edited and things like that. And there's still a place for that. But now the the user generated content, quick, and the content that is uh, relatable, relatable to people where they feel like it's somebody else just like them creating this and communicating it. That's that's definitely the direction it's gone, and I think the direction that it's going to keep going. Well, I couldn't agree more with you on that aspect. I know I've talked about it for the past few weeks on the podcast that, you know, obviously, you know, we're doing YouTube now and it's the aspect that Facebook and Instagram have really started to just shrink how many people, the impressions, where where your posts are going, who's seeing them, who's not seeing them. And it's gotten to a point that it's just like, I, I'm not, why am I going to pay for this, right? Like that's, it, it's, you know, you look at people, even the people that have, you know, over 20,000 followers and 30,000 followers and things of this nature, and you still see their reaches get driven down because, they're not paying. They're not paying Meta to have their check marks and, and everything else uh, to say, okay, well, you're paying us. So now we'll we'll send your stuff out. And even the paid posting, boost ads, things of that nature have taken a significant decline. I th- I totally am in in the in the boat right now of saying you need to have, you talked about your website, you need to have a website, but just social media wise, I feel like the YouTube, the shorts that YouTube is doing, that is, they're they're a different company and and they're going to, they're going to do their own thing, right? Like that's the one thing, like if you look and you say Facebook's owned over here, Instagram's owned by Facebook, and then you got TikTok and they're out there and the government's going to shove them off of the face of the earth. Uh, so you got YouTube who is their own deal. And they're like, we, we don't care what you do. We don't care what you do. Guess what we're doing? And that is really what I think is going to be the movement 
moving forward. I just, I feel like that's the place to go. Um, YouTube has turned in, obviously it's got a streaming service. There's, you know, there's just certain things about it that a, an individual that can work with a company, right? So I want to circle back to something before I finish my thought. Do, does race winning brands, do you and your team internally do all of your social media and digital, or do you guys have an outside agency that supports you as a third party? We, we do all of our uh, all of our content, social media, and YouTube video. It's all it's all done in house. Um, our 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 race winning brands team overall handles uh, majority of our brands. Um, there are some of our brands that have you know joined the family, like uh, like Haltech, for example, has a great YouTube channel, great YouTube content. They have they had a great awesome team in place, you know, when they came on board. So. There's no reason to, you know, to touch any of that. We're we're learning stuff from them, honestly. So um, to apply to some of our other channels, um, and I agree with you on the YouTube side. That is, on one hand, that ties back to, um, you know, what I was saying as your your website as your digital base as a as a resource overall, because that ties in um, to your content and how you're supporting your customers. If you have, you know, create a visual products and visual content for your tech tips and your product information and your highlight your racers, um, you know, and the people that are using your product. But it also brings in some of the most powerful influencers are the people with YouTube channels for sure, because that is like you said on, on Instagram and Facebook, you can create your, you know, your audiences to the best of your ability, any way that you're trying to reach if you're doing paid promo you can try your best to fine tune that and, and reach your specific audience that you know are people that are interested and, and use your product. But on YouTube, there are um, such specific niche creators that do such a good job and they have, they have surprisingly large followings for how niche their content is. You know, you, you could have one creator that is only working on, you know, let's just say, on the K-series stuff and that's it, but it has a huge following, um, you know, so that YouTube is another great platform that allows, you know, people like us to connect, whether we reach out or sometimes they reach out to us and work with people that are creating all this YouTube content and work with them on product too, to, um, to reach those very specific audiences that we know are our audiences that are interested and we're not just kind of throwing it out there and, you know, hoping that, Something touches. Oh, and absolutely. I know that when you sit back and you look, right, and you go, okay, where where's the next wave coming from? Now, I will tell you firsthand for and foremost, right? Like I am uber critical of companies that grab hold of, I'll take one that doesn't, right? That doesn't fit into this. They grab hold of somebody like Alex Taylor. Like I spent two weeks with Alex Taylor. Like she's a knowledgeable female about motorsports and automotive, th- uh, you know, encompassing, right? Emily Reeves. Like there are, there are females that are out there that are great to work with. And then there are some that companies hitch their wagon to because their base is so large and if you had to talk to them while you were getting a salad at the salad bar, you'd probably go, huh? 
You know, yeah. I, so I, I get like uber critical about that because you can turn on a camera, pick up your phone and, and, and shoot 90 seconds and you can fake it till you make it. And then when somebody walks up and says, hey, do you have a, a map sensor for an LS? And they look at you like you just asked them to figure out how to get to Mars from where you were standing. You know, and so like, and that's a challenge, but that's what we have. And I, and I say that we collectively as society, we've created that digital monster. Like we fed it. Right. So how hard is it for you internally with all of your brands, all of these different products that you, that you're encompassed, how in the world do you sort through them and go, okay, let's hitch our wagon to this one or let's hitch our wagon to that person or, Hey, yeah. Heisman trophy to that one. I mean, how difficult is that for you and your team? Yeah, it definitely is difficult because there are, like you said, there are so many different avenues now than this digital monster that we've created. Just like you mentioned, there are so many different places you can put your efforts and your resources to reach the people that you're trying to reach. Um, and a great example, kind of kind of piggybacking off what you just said, if you had five thousand dollars to you know promote this new LS piston, let's say, or or what have you, are you going to spend your five that if you spend your five thousand dollars on like a network TV commercial? I mean, if they're not that cheap, but hypothetically, oh. and like, oh look, you can reach eighty million people that are gonna see this. It's like, well, all right, how many of those eighty million people actually are building an LS motor, you know, hundred <laughs> or, or you could get involved with somebody like Cletus McFarland or somebody else on YouTube that has probably a lot more than a hundred people that have a race car, want to build a race car, are going to build a race car or something like that and partner with that. So I think with all these different avenues and options, um, I think it's important to not forget who your customer is. Um, and not get wrapped up in the, in the, you know, the big numbers because the selling point, no matter who's approaching you, the selling point is is look look at all these impressions and look at all this engagement, and but you have to remember who your customer is and analyze that to see if that's actually the person that that you want to reach and the person that is even going to care about what you have to show them. Well, and I, I totally agree with you on that, right? So, and that's, and I like, I think that's always, and I'm, you know, I'm an MBA guy. I'm a marketing guy. I like metrics and analytics. I'll sit here and we'll analyze numbers till all of our eyeballs pop out of our head, right? Oh, but at the end of the day, that's great. You've got a million subscribers. How many of them are going to buy something that I, that I'm selling? Like, like maybe it's not the large number of a million. Can I get 5,000 and know that 50% of that 5,000 is legitimately focused because of the product, right? Or the brand or what the individual is doing. Not because I'm tuning in to see some crazy shit on YouTube, Right. Like I'm I'm sitting at my desk and I'm watching a leadership, you know, training on CPR and I'm bored out of my mind. But I got YouTube running over here in the corner just because I want to see somebody blow something up or do something stupid. Like what? Like so I can 
I can be empathetic with you in that challenge of what you guys are dealing with across the board inside race winning brands. That being said, where do you guys look? Where did you look at in 2023 for your segment groups of power sports or motorsports or mud bog or boat racing or, or ATVs or sand drags like drag and drive, drag racing, like radio or like how, where did you guys go? Okay, guys, this is where we think the next wave of business is going to come from. Yeah, I think when you look at it from that standpoint, there are definitely several different areas you, uh, I feel like you have to approach it from. Um, I feel like there's, we have a lot of core, core areas that we've been involved with that, for a long time that are important to keep going because it, it is a core area of the business, you know, like uh, you know, staying involved with uh, legacy racing series, whether it's a circle track series or NHRA, that type of situation. Um, and the same thing on, on the power sports side of things like with GNCC, um, some supercross and motocross scenes at the elite level. But there's also, like you said, when we're going to try to find the next wave, um, a lot of that focus, we will try to look ahead at what is coming down the pipeline from the product team as well and where some of our new additions and new products are headed. Um, whatever, what engine that, what engine platform that services, what type of racer that services, whether it's like a severe duty, you know, way high four digit horsepower drag race application, or if it's a sport compact application or a drifting type situation. So, um, we, we do try to look ahead, work with a product team and sales team to see what's coming down the pipeline, um, to see how we can best reach try to find that customer that um, that we know that product is built for because ultimately that's how um you know that's how products are expanded and and new products are introduced we have you know a lot of great people on our team on the product side that like i said have been enthusiasts themselves and builders themselves and and can look and analyze and, and find a hole and like look well there's actually not a lot of you know, great options for this yet or if it's like if it's a new engine platform with a lot of potential like the new Godzilla engine. Um, you know, we we have we have parts for the new Godzilla engine and now uh we we had launched that or you know um had it on display at PRI. We worked with engine labs at PRI for that engine build giveaway and, and now um you know a few months later look now Cletus McFarlane has McFlurry with his twin turbo Godzilla that set record. So you know there's, we, we try to, that end up, that's a good example of what fell in line with some new products that came down the pipeline. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's a whole new product line that services a specific customer. If it's a, if it's a, a little bit more of a budget racer that doesn't need a super, super premium part, just needs a good, reliable, strong part, but that, you know, doesn't want to spend $2,000 on a set of pistons or or what have you. So, um, you know, that's, that's when we try to, you know, stick to and look for those grassroots people as well, whether it's through, you know, local race series, um, you know, Norwalk is obviously local to us at our, at our headquarters. So involved with them and trying to engage with the different grassroots racers that, um, that are, you know, attending events and participating in events there throughout the year. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of different aspects between, race sponsorship actually going to events seeing people ls fest 
Um, and then, you know, on the digital side as well, influencers that are specific to that market that we know we're going to need to reach. So um, definitely uh, there's a lot of uh, pieces to the puzzle. So I've had you on for a little bit. I'm not going to keep you much longer, but I have one more question before we start to wrap up. Give my listeners out here, Racers and Rental Cars podcast and out in YouTube land, give them two things. If they're, if they are a, a, a racer and they're chasing marketing or they're, t- you know, trying to improve their social media, trying to improve their overall brand uh, in 2023, what is something that they need to focus on that resonates, makes a difference inside the walls at race winning brands? So you're saying like as a, as a racer coming to, to work with a company, something like that situation? Yes. Yes. Okay. Start trying to start a relationship with race winning brands. What's, what's two things that, that makes Kevin Bailey go, okay, hold on. I'm going to have another conversation with this person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, um, obviously have their presentation decks, whether, whether it's a YouTube channel or it's, or it's a racer, a lot of people have their sponsorship decks, advertising decks, presentation decks. And those, those are important because they have all the information that you're going to need to reference. But what really, uh, makes it stand out is put something, put something in your email or your communication, whatever channel it is that is a proposal or an idea of how you can work with us to uh, work with us specifically um, that is you know specific to our product and how it's going to you know help reach racers like themselves or other fellow racers specific to our product instead of you know it, it always stands out to me when i see a list of even if it's just bullet points you know this stuff doesn't have to be super formal on on letterhead and things like that but if, if you have you know good ideas on hey look you guys have I noticed you guys have this piston and that piston. I think that's really great. I, if we can work together, I think I could, you know, do a, a video based around this on this little project, and and I think it would reach these people and it would be effective. Oh, by the way, here's this attachment with all the data that shows you all these people that are following me. You know, that supports this idea. Instead of you know, instead of just your logo will be this big, um, your logo will be on my website. You know, th- those those are. I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know, devalue those, but those are kind of the essentials that are somewhat expected when you're working on a project like this and, and yeah. you know, let us know what, what's going to stand out and what's going to be the core driver, I should say. You know, if you well, I know one thing is I just turned 50 years old, the 30 years of being involved in motorsports and marketing and, and starting to pay attention to it. Uh, at, from a young, you know, teenage years of high school, there is one thing that has never changed. And it is a business approach into the marketing department of how can you help me? I I have to be uh, an asset to a company. I have to be a solution to a problem. I have to be able to help you move your needle. It has legitimately zero to do with what I get out of it, which is completely and utterly the byproduct. That is the afterthought. It's it's what can I do for you as a company, a brand, a product, uh, R&D side, testing, whatever it may be that, that we can put together so that we can you know, ultimately help each other. But at the end of the day, it's to move the needle for you. So that's never changed. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and the other thing I'll add on to that, you know, when you're working with somebody, um, you said two things. So keep keep the conversation going. If you know if if it works out and and after you work together, you know, they get their product, they work on a project, just send an email every once in a while with the updates, you know, some some cool photos. Here's a link to the video that went live because um, you know, in a, in a lot of situations, like, you know, like with our team, and I'm sure a bunch of other teams in our industry too, there's a lot of moving parts, a lot going on at the same time. So I'm, it's not always going to be top of mind to follow up on, oh yeah, I wonder how the project's doing that, that we're working on with this thing. So I'm going to go search for it. You know, I'd like to, but you know, sometimes time doesn't allow. So when you see something come through into your inbox and it's like, Hey, thanks again for all the help. Check this stuff out. This is where we're at. Here's some photos. You're like, oh, cool. Now I have some content to share because like we've been talking about this whole time, there's so many channels and so many areas that you need. It's just content, content, content. You have to have it for every different sector and all kinds of use cases and um, ads and social and websites and everything. So there's nobody's going to be upset if you just keep feeding them, feeding them, you know, good stuff from the project. So absolutely two way, two way communication, but it's got to start, it's got to start somewhere. And it typically needs to come from the person that's getting the help because the, the company has got a plate, got an individual or got a team and all of their plates are overflowing. They're juggling chainsaws and flaming fireballs while they're trying to get through the week. And they still have a life at home with a wife or kids or, or, or they got their own racing to do. So it helps for you to, to communicate. Well, Kevin, thank you for your time, but racers and rental cars would not be complete when they have a guest on if we don't get two answers out of you to two questions. First question is, you get to send a Christmas card to anybody in motorsports. Who are you sending it to? Anybody in motorsports? Am I am I going to get slack if I pick a power sports first? Have at it. <laughs> um, man, I would say... I was, when I was a little bit younger, I was such a big James Stewart fan, um, Supercross and motocross. So I'd probably, probably do that just because, uh, yeah, man, big James Stewart fan and how he, um, you know, I could get into the whole conversation on how I think he changed the sport and changed the way people ride dirt bikes, but Bubba. That's, that'd probably be my answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the first time for James to make a, 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 hit on the Christmas card list for racers and rental cars. Last Love. question in the one. Yeah. And this is the one that always gets everybody all flustered. You get to send one WTF card to anybody in motorsports or power sports. Who are you sending it to? Oh, man. <laughs> You're right. That's a tough one. WTF card. Um, Man, I don't know if I have a good answer for that off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't try to take the 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 crawling out, low-hanging fruit. I'm out of here. Like, oh, I'm a nice guy. I think everybody's great. I don't have time for vanilla answers. Come on, Kevin. Nobody listens to this show anyway. <laughs> Man, I mean, I know I don't know if I have one thing specifically, and I know the whole the whole EV movement is like, you know, electric vehicles in the future, but Anybody, anybody who's just, you know, really pushing that it's, it's, it's better or it's the same. It's just not the same, man. You know, like 
the sound, the noise, the smell, the vibrate, everything, it, it's never, in my opinion, never going to be matched. So anybody that's in that corner, that's like, no, these are cooler. It's not. <laughs> there we go. Finally, an EV WTF card. It's been a minute since we've had a, an EV card. I have always expected that everybody that's involved in the actual horsepower building part of motorsports, right, of performance, anything, would always say EV, WTF. But you're the first one to throw it out there in 2023. Kevin, I really appreciate your time. But before you go, tell all of our listeners where they can find out about race winning brands. Uh, yeah, so they can uh, racewinningbrands.com. We'll, uh, we'll link you to all of our other individual brands. Um, we do all of our individual brands operate um, on their own identities. So we have all of our social channels. For all of our individual brands, Jay Pistons, Wiseco, Diamond, Dart, everything that we talked about. So um, racewinningbrands.com will take you to all, the, all of our different uh, landing sites. So um, give us a follow and we're always working on something. So, Well, Kevin, thank you very much from our team to your entire team. We always appreciate Diamond, Trend. Yes, indeed. We thank you for all of your support back into our company as well. And uh, hopefully somewhere down the road in the near future, our paths will cross the line. And thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, drop a little knowledge on the Racers and Rental Cars audience. Likewise, Don, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on. And um, we'll definitely, definitely keep working on some awesome stuff in the future. Thank you very much, Kevin. Have a great day. Folks, there you have it. Kevin swinging by from race winning brands. They do. They, I, I, I get it, right? Equity groups, everybody's buying up. But when you start to think about the number of companies that middle ground capital has purchased and acquired, and they, they're still keeping these guys that we know, right? From PRI and calling them on the telephone or sharing emails with them. They're keeping them and their families busy, employed. And they're keeping those of us that love their products and have used them for decades going down the racetrack or around in circles or however the case may be. It's keeping them in business and keeping that brand going. So we're grateful for that. If you just peel the little, just take a breath, peel the equity group, you know, mushroom cloud, just kind of puff it down just a little bit there. It's okay. All right. Got to wrap up, folks. This week's rant, not so much a rant, a little bit more in the be appreciative. So I'm appreciative of the fact for those of you that are out there that you reach out, you send messages, you let me know when I say something that resonates with you, whether it's about your loved one, my past loved ones individuals that have left our world, our circle. It means something, right? Because doing shows, podcasts, YouTube content, whatever the case may be, there's always ulterior motives. Well, for me, the primary motive is, is that I want to share. I am a passionate, emotional individual. 
No question about it. I got red flags that could pull up in the driveway in a U-Haul box truck. No biggie. Because at the end of the day, the dedication, the understanding, the willingness to share things that most men wouldn't share with you in the sound waves, audio waves. What I might have to look that one up. Video. I will. You are who you are. But fine-tuning yourself, improving yourself every day. There's been times in my life that I forgot about improving myself. And like proverbial fall off the wagon when it comes to looking out for yourself. And you truly start caring about some people more than you care about yourself. That's not a good thing. Yeah. Your therapist tells you that you care about people more because it's the part of you that nobody cares about or that you needed to have taken care of. I get all that. I really do. Again, thank you. I appreciate it. I do. Thank you for sending your comments. I enjoy each and every one of them. I loved having Kelly Crandall on the show last week. She made a huge splash, long, long episode, but totally worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. Do me a favor. Seriously. If you're listening, great. Leave a review, share it, subscribe, tell your buddy, give me a social media post, racers and rental cars. If you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening, do me a favor, go in the shop, turn it on. Give me a view. Give me a rating. Give me a subscribe. Give me a comment. Tell me something that you want to hear about. I'm working on the business of motorsports. That was a great suggestion. I'm trying to put that together. That Just give me some time. But folks, do me a favor. I'm out here putting myself out here. Each and every one of you have a great week. Last weekend in April. Man, 2023 is flying by. Look forward to touching base with each and every one of you down the road. Race to Rental Cars podcast, YouTube episode number three, race winning brands. We'll see you next week. Who knows who's going to show up next week? Stay tuned.